So, um, yeah, this is the podcast called Social Distance Warriors, and I'm the one named Tom. And I am the one named Rachel. And Rachel, how much good quality information do we have to l- distribute to people over the podcast? We have zero quality information to serve up this this evening. Or any evening. And any <laughs> evening. <laughs> yeah, this podcast, I can guarantee that this podcast will never inform you or, um, or provide you with uh, medical advice. Or even like medical opinion. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess you could consider it an opinion that like, I, I, um, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not fond of COVID-19. That's an opinion. That, that is a true opinion. I think that's uh, good, uh, because two things I want to talk about, uh, today are, um, masks and, uh, my mom and I tried to donate blood and, uh, those are, those are two things that have um, actual regulations about them, hmm. but I do want to talk about them. Go for it. So uh, my mom and I tried to donate blood, um, and we were turned away uh, from the Red Cross because they were turning a lot of people away um, because they've got a like need for people to donate blood, but... They have so slowed down their process that everything is essentially booked through April. Uh, so, like, my mom and I are essentially, like, begging, please, please take our blood. And uh, the Red Cra- Cross would like to, but they, like, uh, logistically could not. So they turned us away. Hmm. Are they operating on a, on a lesser staff now? Or is it just there's a lot of supply? I, I do not think they have a greater s- supply because everything on the Red Cross website says, like, we we need more blood. But in terms of, like, the people who can donate, they've canceled all their, like, blood drives that happen uh, outside of the actual donation centers. And so the only things that are uh, they're able to get blood from, at least in, in my area, is people coming to their building and like one or two at a time going through a, a, a area that would usually be able to hold like five to eight people at a time. Hmm. Did they allow you into the building? They did allow us into the building um, and then we left. Hmm. So... <laughs> Uh, it was, it was, um, the whole week I, I was beefing up, uh, my iron count because that's one of the things that, um, in the past when I've tried to donate blood, um, they'll test your iron level and it's like, if you are too low, they'll say like the blood is better off inside you. Uh, so I, I am very, very full of iron and will be for the next month. Hmm. I don't remember the last time I gave blood. It's been a while, but um, I remember one time I donated blood to myself. Oh. Yeah. Like, I, I knew that I was going to be having a major surgery when I was 16, so they had me go in on a, a couple of separate occasions to donate my own blood for myself to be used in case there was a need during my own surgery. That's cool. Well, did you have a need? I don't. I don't really know. Um, I honestly don't know. Well, that doesn't seem that doesn't seem right. It's your blood. They should tell you what happens to it. Hmm. Yeah, but I, I mean, I feel like um, it was a very major surgery. It was like an eleven-hour surgery, 
um, that had me out of school for several months. And so the fate of my blood was not my primary concern, although in retrospect, perhaps it should have been. Because for all I know, that blood was used for some nefarious purpose without my knowing. Yeah, I think they took one pint of blood and then, I don't know, two pints of um, some something else. Mm-hmm. Platelets, plasma. It was platelets, I think. I think it was one pint of blood and two pints of platelets on on separate occasions. But yeah, so that was um, that's my main blood story. <laughs> um, I know they also they give, I know they give you a cookie after you donate blood or whatever. That's that's what, that's what the Rhode Island <laughs> yeah. Blood Center does anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, most places. And if you volunteer your blood, that is the main reward. Uh, a snack. So, um, were you told to come back at a later time, or did they just tell you to get lost? Um, we were told we could. Um, wait but that the wait time was much longer than like they were going to be open um so there there were many more people there were like five to eight people like in front of us who also went home and there were like people finishing up donating blood so i don't know how many they actually got through but uh the the next available time was in may Hmm. i don't really know much about um well, anything, but you'd think that they'd be able to um, hire more people to take more blood because people are out of a job. A lot of people are jobless, and obviously, there's some some degree of skill that has to be or has has to be applied in, in the taking of blood. But um, I don't know. I think like in desperate times, they could you know train people up to um, take blood and uh, you know re- repurpose additional space. To act as a blood center, maybe it's it's you know a lack of equipment as well. So yeah, there is like I think always a bit of a delay between uh, how much they want the blood and how able they are to take it. Um, but one of the things this past week that was also about blood in in the news was that the FDA took away some of their uh, limitations for men who have sex with other men, uh, which affects like gay men, bisexual men, and some bisexual women from, it used to be a year ban from when they had last had sex to being able to donate blood. And they reduced it to what a lot of other countries have done, which is three months uh, since uh, having sex to be able to donate blood, which is something uh, people have been pushing for for a long time. But it's sort of like it feels very kind of wartime, like now women can do jobs kind of thing. It's like now we will take uh, people's blood who we were reluctant to take for, I would say, not great reasons before. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that, and I guess it's good that they relaxed the the restriction somewhat. Um, they probably could have relaxed it more, but I guess that that is a good thing. And I don't know; it's one of those things that they could just make a permanent change when all of this has. I don't know. I keep I keep wanting to use the phrase like when all of this blows over or when all of this goes back to normal, but that doesn't seem like an appropriate phrase. More like when because it's things aren't going to quote unquote go back to normal; they're just going to transition to a new way that they are yeah i get like when (laughs) when there is any point where we can like stop having (laughs) it it feels like new crises is immediately being thrown uh every day and like time to actually 
do others like think and plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so what of masks? Uh, of masks <laughs> are, I've been having a lot of fun uh, with bandanas. We don't really go out a lot, but our main time where we're using masks are once a week, like grocery store runs. And um, we have now been using masks for that, um, which is also kind of an interesting thing. I like saw an article about some uh, Black Americans not feeling comfortable uh, wearing like the sort of more homemade masks uh, because of how they would be sort of racially profiled, even though medically they believe it would be more effective. But it's such a fraught thing because I feel like in the year that was March, I have heard like many, many different ideas about masks and it made me feel like a medieval peasant sort of like where masks are either like a very important uh, totem that will protect me from the devil or masks are the devil hmm. and I should not allow them in my home, like in everything in between. Yeah, I don't actually have a, a proper mask and I don't really, I don't think I have any bandanas in my home. But uh, on the plus side, I haven't left my apartment building <laughs> in over a week. So um, I'm at some point I'm going to need to go get groceries. But I made a decision not that long ago that I was not going to go get groceries until I actually like couldn't handle not having them anymore. Like so, ordinarily I would like go get something for a recipe or something just because oh I'm I'm bored and I want a snack food or something like that, or oh I I, I wish I had more of this this thing that I don't, I don't have that much of, but I have decided that I'm, I'm not going to go on a grocery run until it's strictly necessary. And I think I'm actually still a, few, a couple days out from that. Yeah. I think in our first episode, I didn't show proper sympathy for you not having salt. Uh, and then every time since I've used salt in a recipe, <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've thought of you uh, in, a, in a saltless world. Well, I will say that I do now have salt. Oh, good. Um, because since then I have gone on, I think, one grocery run. Um, well, two, actually. Um, two, to, two in the same day, I think, to two different places. But um, also I realized after, after that that I had, um, I had uh, a container of salt that I had forgotten <laughs> that I had. So there was a, an emergency salt. Good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad I could put your mind at ease with regard to salt. <laughs> when I feel, yeah, like, salt doesn't go bad. That's one of those things where, like, if you had found, like, buried in your backyard or something, someone had put a time ca capsule containing salt, I feel like you'd still be okay to use it. Yeah, I would be less concerned about the um, the salt somehow going bad than it would be, like, the degradation of the container in which it's held or something. <laughs> like, that, that, like, the 100-year-old plastic would have leached harmful chemicals into the salt. But I don't know if that's a thing, because I don't have information. Um, <laughs> um, but with regard to masks, uh, did you ever watch the show Watchmen that was on last year on HBO? No, I only heard good things about it. Well, it, it's a very good show, and um, it seems like it was on 100 years ago, but it was just on relatively late in the year last year. and Or was it even earlier this year? God, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I think it was last year. <laughs> it was a different time. Yeah, it was in the before times. 
And one of the major um, thematic questions, I guess you'd say, about Watchmen had to do with the um, the role that masks play in superhero mythology and also in just like society, like what it would what it would mean. What kind, what kind of person would you have to be in order to like put on a mask and go out and do vigilante justice or like um, as opposed to people who don't put on a mask because they either don't need to or don't feel like they need to or people who hide behind masks or people who, um, you know, wear masks as part of uh, a hate group like the KKK mm-hmm. or, you know, all of these different sort of ways in which a mask is tied to the the ideology mainly of superheroes and of American racism. And one of the things about that that show, um, it was only ever designed to be one season. The head writer of the show, Damon Lindelof, um, has, has always basically said that uh, he only had an idea for one season and he didn't feel like there was any reason to continue making it unless there was like an additional, uh, an additional idea to like propel a further and a furthering of that narrative. And I don't know, th- perhaps you can't really weigh in on this cause you haven't <laughs> seen the show, but I have wondered whether they're like, there might be something more to say about masks now than there was in the before times. And maybe he can come back and do another season of the show. <laughs> and maybe that will be an upside of this whole pandemic that I get another season of a show. I like, yeah, I, I will say like, the one way I've now thought of masks differently um, than I sort of had been before is definitely seeing it as sort of like a positive community symbol. Like uh, a few weeks ago when we would go to the grocery store uh, or, or go out in the world, it would be sort of like this, the sense was someone is wearing a mask they're they're like individually sort of like saying something about themselves like either they're particularly paranoid or they're particularly concerned um about something and now it's sort of more uh everyone in the community sort of being on the same page with how serious this is and like looking out for other people and like more of a proper community symbol unity kind of thing is what I've been thinking. Yeah, that really tracks, especially because like the main, the main purpose of the mask is not necessarily to prevent you from, from getting infected. It's to prevent you from, from passing on any infection you may have to other people. In fact, I think I've heard that the mask is not necessarily incredibly effective at the former, but it is uh, much more effective at the latter. So, so yeah, it's, it's more like, Wearing a mask is less about protecting yourself or like reflecting something about yourself and more about, as you say, like a community, a community sense of, of like being in it together to like help other people out. Yeah. So to follow up on a conversation from last week, I have, uh, buzzed my hair off. Yay. Congratulations. (laughs) How how do you feel? I feel really good about it. Um, I wasn't sure how it was going to look. And I have ended up deciding that I quite like how it looks. I'm not. I'm not quite happy with how the back looks, but I don't have to look at the back, and no one lives with me. So yeah, that is the most difficult part of like giving yourself a haircut is that the back of the head is just 
who knows? Yeah, but I, I um, so I ordered like this this home hair trimmer kit, which had a number of different um, guides on it, like guide combs, which are as as I believe you alluded to in in the in the previous episode. Those are like the numbered settings for like how close you want the buzz. Um, and I I was a I was kind of a wimp at first. I was like, you know, I think I'll go with a number eight. <laughs> Which is really uh, fairly long. I think that I think eight is a full inch, and so I started with um, there's there's like it has like an adjustable guide that has like a lever on it that you can flip it from like one to two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Um, and I was like, this is nothing. This isn't. This is. This looks like crap. Um, so I eventually went progressively down further and further until I found one that seemed to be actually like looking okay, and that was the three. So. So that's that's how far I buzz myself down, and I I um I think it looks pretty good. Do you feel comfortable sharing how long this haircut process would you say took in total? Mm, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe from start to finish, it was like forty five minutes. Oh God, that's so short. Really? <laughs> like that is maybe I'm I'm just operating with much less confidence, but like this is like an hour and a half to two and a half hour process. Really? Uh, for me. <laughs> Why is that? I don't know. Hmm. I just felt like I had to just run it over my head a bunch of times. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> the hardest part was starting because I was like, am I really going to do this? I haven't really, like, I don't know how I'm going to look. I don't, I haven't done, I've, I haven't ever done this to myself and I haven't ever had anyone else do this to me since I was a kid. And, you know, once I, once I started ruining my existing hairstyle. I was like, well, the only way out is through. So at that point, I just kept at it until uh, I, I vaguely liked how it looked. And actually, a couple times since then, I have looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, oh, it's a little uneven there. I better better pull back out and get back to it. So it's almost like an evolving process. <laughs> um, and this morning, I um, I ran ran it over my beard just to see how see if I could get my beard to be a relatively consistent length with the hair so that I'm I have like a uniform hair situation going on mm-hmm. I don't know I, th- I think it, I think it was pretty good I, I uh, posted a photo on Instagram I'll link that in the show notes okay well I will give a double congratulations for uh that that confidence <laughs> that even not having seen seen the haircut I can I can feel you are a person with confident hair <laughs> Yeah, which wasn't really the case before. I don't know because just because I had like a longer hairstyle, uh, I, don't know, I had kind of like a goofy comb overy kind of thing going. Um, but now, I, uh, yeah, I I think I might um, keep keep it buzzed going forward for a while. Or if I if I ever do um, return to the world of the barber, uh, then I might have some other perhaps more less uniform but still quite short style. Yeah, for, for hair is a. I think for having grown up as, I guess, a girl, um, hair is always a bit of a thing. So for me, short the shorter hair has always been my desire, but societally, it's always been a bit of a a bit of a thing. Uh, so I I have found that for me, the shorter my hair is, the more powerful I feel. <laughs> but it is always a bit of a to do to to get it there especially once it uh, grows out a bit how how long is it now um i would say like i don't know like a front yard that the lawn <laughs> needs to be mowed it's like 
just just starting to get like a homeowners association would start getting <laughs> concerned. Hmm. Well, um, and you don't you don't feel up to buzzing it uh, during the quarantine. Well, I've asked my mom uh, this week to cut my hair, which is not something that I have had happen since I was very young. And my mom, without asking, would uh, cut my hair. So. We'll see how that goes. My belief is she will probably not cut it as short as I would like it to go. And that's something I can always fix myself. Mm, Yeah, you can always cut it shorter. That's true. And it can always come back. Yeah, exactly. That takes longer, but... (laughs) What is time? (laughs) Yeah, time, time is very strange right now, so... Yeah, I, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with it. My, my mother was not happy with the notion of me buzzing my hair off. Uh, I don't really know why, um, but she was very much against it. But then when I, uh, when I FaceTimed her after having done it, she approved. So she, she like, she says that she, she thinks it looks better than she thought it was going to. Which I, um, but she doesn't like, she doesn't like the facial hair. So <laughs> that doesn't matter though because. It's not on her face, so very true. So, what does that matter to her? Anyhow, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, how how is um are are you still um consumed by schoolwork and things? Yes. Um, I don't know if this is new, but it's still something um that feels new. Our school uh, switched over to letting students decide whether they want grades t- this semester to count towards GPA with a, like a regular grading system, or you can opt in to a like special this semester only coronavirus experience. Is it like a pass fail or it's like credit, no credit pass fail, but it doesn't affect your GPA. Hmm. And they say it will still count towards, well, I'd have to talk to an advisor who I've been avoiding for many weeks to determine if it would fulfill my requirements, but it is generally understood it would fill most, um, like, major requirements still, which I think is a good move. Like, I, as a student, would probably always be in a rough situation, but I feel like for everybody, um, it's not really fair to treat this like a regular semester, like just continue teaching as if nothing had happened and it's just online now. So I think it's a good move uh, for everybody and it will probably also end up benefiting me. Yeah, I um, I think we've also been given the option to choose to do pass-fail, which I end up opting not to do. Uh, so I, I guess I'm taking a grade. Um, and so we'll see where that gets me, (laughs) but, um, uh, yeah, I, I just had registration this morning for summer classes Mm. and all summer classes have moved online too. Yeah. So that's, um, I think the ones I was going to take were online anyway, but I don't know. That's, that's, that's pretty big because that's all the way through August. Now the college is or the university is anticipating. I used to work at a college and now I work at a university. So I keep saying college instead of university. And then correcting myself. Anyway. Yeah, no, I they're very particular about that. <laughs> yeah. As a person attending a college that then became a university. Ah, yeah. Well, I imagine under that circumstance it would be especially <laughs> they'd be especially touchy about it. Yeah. But yeah, I um I guess they don't anticipate being able to do that over the summer, which they're probably quite right. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I even if it doesn't, I feel like it's just 
I feel better when I see institutions at least making plans ahead for if this goes longer, as opposed to like uh, just kind of being very eager to not have to make plans and go back to the quote unquote normal. Because you can always like go back and change your mind and like have in-person classes or whatever if everything is really ready for that. But you can't like easily drop everything. Yeah. If you've promised uh, a certain thing. Yeah. I've been wondering every every year I go to a Doctor Who convention in February, and I'm very glad that we got the chance to do it this year. If it it was um, uh, the the weekend of Valentine's Day, if it had been like two weeks later, they probably would have had to cancel it, or at least would have been impacted in some major way. And um, now I'm kind of wondering: Are they even going to be able to do it in February? Yeah, <laughs> which is pretty far out but um yeah i think it's i think yeah this is gonna be a wild one in terms of like how it affects basically everything for the next couple years yeah our summer sort of uh camps are have been very quiet Mm. (laughs) like very quiet that's right you're a camp person yeah that's why i have many bandanas in my house uh i was a camp counselor and I guess you don't escape. Um, but I, I wouldn't be doing like a full on summer camp. This would be a, like on a college campus art and folk music camp, which is the same sort of aesthetic maybe, but also like guitars and what is the word for like yarn craft, yarn, yarn crafts and, and other sort of like weaving and, pottery and making things singing songs as opposed to like camping in the woods Mm. well the woods might be safer now (laughs) yeah um i did not um as as you may have been able to surmise from my saying that i haven't left my building um i I did not walk a dog in the past week okay i'm sorry (laughs) yeah i think the, the weather is better now so maybe maybe i could get out there but I don't know. I think I think I'm starting to. I, I think anxiety is. Um, I, I I think a combination of. Um, I, I don't think it's so much that I'm like anxious about if I go outside my building, I will get the virus. It's more that it's more like agoraphobia as a symptom of anxiety, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like a strong desire to hunker down and not not go places. Yeah, that's the that's the temptation. Like being very close to my bed all day. I just want to sleep more because like literally because I see my bed mm. uh, more during the day. Do you have an Apple iPhone? I do not. I have an Android phone. Okay. One of the features of the iPhone is that um, it will learn your behavior patterns and start to suggest things to you. Like if it knows that, you know, oh, every day at 7.45 p.m. you text Dylan uh, then it will. Um, it will at seven forty-five when you look at your phone. It will say, "Would you like to text Dylan?" Um, oh God! Things like that. Uh, yeah. Some 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 of the things that it it suggests to me are strange or um, or like I'm like rude. Uh, mm-hmm. But what it has begun suggesting to me is about an hour after I wake up, it has now started suggesting to me, "You want to take a nap?" <laughs> because um, I've been doing that. I've been getting up doing awake things and then after about an hour of being awake i'm like yeah you know what 
I'm just gonna take a nap. Um, so, and my my phone knows this uh, because I have a I have an ap- application that I use when I nap. So, um, it has it has begun to predict my uh, my my napping trends. Well, I feel like now for the good of like humanity in the ongoing battle against like artificial intelligence, you've gotta you gotta do something and switch it up. I don't know if artificial intelligence is the enemy though. Like the the fact the fact is it's right. <laughs> Like I want, I want a nap. It's it's not wrong. I uh, I guess I will um, use this podcast also as a platform to advertise something else that I'm doing, which is apparently now a weekly thing I'm going to be doing. Is I'm streaming myself reading Homestuck out loud, and yeah, that's I thought we the, the first one was this past weekend. I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, my mouth was tired by the end of it because it was like <laughs> two and a half hours of nonstop reading out loud, but. So I'm trying to find ways to be social and I don't know. I feel like activities that are like weird activities are taking up a larger, a larger uh, amount of my attention, which is probably a good thing. Yeah, it's a good time for projects. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, at least for me, our, our own sort of podcast action items, I don't see as like, well, you cannot do them. That is that is technically true. But I don't feel like you can fail at the action items. They're just there if you want. I know that I do not need more, like, feel bad uh, items in my life. So I think of them as just, like, your friendly, uh, real people-generated suggestions for behavior. Like, the terrifying Apple phone suggestions for behavior. Except... We don't uh, know anybody's lives except our own. <laughs> yeah, we have not been monitoring the, uh, <laughs> the lives of people who. That's the to that's us. the twist. Mm, do you do you have do you have one? Do you have an action item to suggest? Would be really good if I did, huh? <laughs> yeah, um, after, after saying that, yeah. <laughs> Maya, I guess I guess mine would be. Um, I don't know. I've, I've been listening to a lot more music than I than I usually do, so I I would say pick like a song to be your quarantine anthem. Okay, that's that's. I think that's a good. That's my action item. That will carry people through. I feel like that's one I can actually do. Too. Yeah. I can actually, like, I can see myself actually doing it. Now that I've said that, I probably won't. <laughs> so pick a, pick a song to be your quarantine anthem. It can be related to the quarantine or just related to a feeling that you would like to evoke during the quarantine. Um, whether that's a feeling of power or happiness or nostalgia or hope or whatever. I do appreciate how abstract our action items uh, get as time goes on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think that can be it for uh, for this episode then. Um, so unless unless you have any other items of business, I do not. Okay, well then, uh, until next time, uh, stay distant and go the distance. Bye.